Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why are crop circles appearing in the Netherlands? What's the purpose of the black mailbox near Area 51? Can subways be haunted? Oh, well, I do know that because I do travel through Boston quite a bit, and they can be haunted. Well, actually, I don't know. Well, they're weather. very, well, they're hauntingly loud. Well, we'll leave it at that. Hey there, welcome to the 534th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those varied questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening we bring you an open line show to address your questions, whether it be email, Facebook, whatever. Uh, we welcome your phone calls as well if you have a question or comment. It's 401-766-1240 or from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. Well, so we are off and running. This one is from our first one this evening is from Allison in Hampshire, United Kingdom. Alrighty. So Allison writes to us, I'm a U.K. listener. I love tuning into your podcasts. It's a very oddly... That's a very odd sentence. Uh, firstly, what is the purpose of the black mailbox near uh, Area 51? All right, let's take those one at a time. All right, all right. Okay. Now, I have been there, um, and it's not black. That, that's, that's the day, the very day I was chased across the desert by people with government license plates. It's, it's another story we've talked about in other shows. But there is a local farmer, I shouldn't say farmer, rancher down there. He's the only rancher right. in, in the, the Tickaboo Valley, which is what... That's called. Now, you, if you see some of the documentaries or special shots of when you used to be able to get anywhere near it to take enough photographs, the Area 51, uh, the Tickaboo Peak was the place where you'd want to go to do it. Now that's all closed off. And for anyone who is uh, uninformed about Area 51, it is uh, a secret government base, although President Clinton admitted that it did exist. And whether it's actually called Area 51, part of the Nellis test range down there, Nellis Air Force Base, huge, huge amount, amounts of, of Nevada, are, or Nevada as they call it, are owned by the government. As a matter of fact, in the news lately was the, the rancher who was facing down with the, the um, uh, Bureau of Land Management, which is an agency we don't have in this part of the country, but out west of the Mississippi, the... Bureau of Land Manage Management handles uh, enormous amounts of any of the non-military federal land uh, that the federal government owns, and they rent it out to ranchers and things of this kind. But in any case, there are huge amounts of land that are owned by the, by the central government out there. And uh, Area 51 is, uh, has, I believe, the longest or one of the longest airstrips in the world. It's well known that secret aircraft are developed there, uh, the um, various stealth aircraft were developed there, and people go out and, and they're, it's UFOs, or they think they're UFOs, and they see lights flying around. I didn't see anything when I was out there myself. However, I did see this mailbox. Now, in 03, I believe it was put there by a fellow named Steve... Um, um, what, what, what's on my notes here? Steve Med Medlin or Medlin? I don't know. Hold on a second. Okay. You? No, on on the, the note. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. right. Can uh, I can't read that at all. All right, so. let me see it, please. Please. Thank you. <laughs> all right, uh, Steve uh, Medlin. Yeah. Right oh, all right. Well, you're right the first okay. time. Okay. Do you Steve? want it? You can no. have it. Thank all you. Right. You can read the rest after we're finished answering the question. Thank you. In any case, it was full of. He found it full of bullet holes one time in '03. That's what I've heard anyway. And he changed it, and the, the mailbox is now white. Contrary to popular belief, it is not the mailbox for Area 51. It's along the road out there that goes to Rachel, Nevada, which is the closest village to the base. 
and a number of the workers at the base uh, live there, 30% of whom have cancer, interestingly enough, in this little tiny village in the middle of the desert. And uh, people go to this area where the mailbox is, and it's kind of almost a tradition, and they will gather at night UFO aficionados and see if they can see lights over the mountains that are between that area and the base. As I understand it, the the base itself is about 13 miles from there. And, of course, it's not like New England. I mean, you can see huge distances. And, as a matter of fact, in, in the Arctic and in the desert, I've always found it's very difficult, or even on the moors in England. Uh, in your area, Allison, I just have a lot of trouble, a lot of people have trouble judging distances, okay? Yeah. Whereas in, in New England here, or parts of old England, too, certainly are hills and, or downs or whatever, and you can see, uh, tell by trees and everything where things are. But the thing is that you've got a really odd uh, situation there in Area 51, and uh, but the mailbox, and I believe there is a slot there where people can put uh, any sort of, of um, note or letter, whatever, about what they've seen there, okay? And they can put it in that mailbox, and I don't know what Steve does with it, but um, in any case, we have a caller, and uh, welcome to Behind hello. the Paranormal. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Good. Uh, you have a question or a comment? This is Professor Leibniz. Professor Leibniz, okay. Yes. Uh, Leibniz, the philosopher, uh, so we're having a multiple, I guess, a multiple world experience <laughs> So what can well, we do just, for you? Did you have a comment about the black mailbox or anything else? Well, I, actually, uh, I, I bought a black mailbox myself. But uh, the bottom line is that I just wanted to tell you that I, I just came from another interesting trip. Okay. What was that? And I arrived uh, from uh, a place uh, called Neptune. Okay. And uh, basically what I thought was, I, I, I thought it was a planet as I left uh, Neptune, but then there was uh, this neon sign that said, Neptune Bar and Grill. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, as it turns out, I was incorrect. This wouldn't be King Umberto, would it? Uh, I'm sorry, say what? King Umberto I? Uh, no, but I know him very well. Okay, very good, yes. All and right. if you knew him like I knew him, you wouldn't want to know him. Okay. So but the Neptune Bar and Grill, was it, was it uh, made entirely of gas or was it solid? Well, as it turns out, it started out solid, but then it became gas. Oh, really? Usually it's the other way around. Astrophysicists well, would be most interested in your, in, uh, your experience. Uh, well, uh, beyond this phone call, I would suggest that no one would be interested in my experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, uh, I was incorrect. I was so excited I was going to call and tell you this. But as it turns out, uh, uh, so it's a nice little place. Well, that, that's very good. And, and where is it? Uh, Burlville or, or uh, Hampshire, England? or Nept I'm, Neptune, I'm, Neptune. Neptune. Oh, Neptune. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Well, there, yeah. there is some question about whether... Well, that's one of the eight planets that survive uh, since Pluto was demoted mm. to a proto-planet several years ago. So there That's we right. Are. No more Pluto. No, no, except, <laughs> except in Disney cartoons. Did and they didn't have very good waitresses there anyway. No. <laughs> have you ever been to Nevada? Uh, Nevada? Yeah. I didn't realize that was a planet. Uh, so, well, it is now. It replaced Pluto. Well, oh, in any case, yes. uh, this uh, the, certainly a uh, cerebral conversation. Uh, maybe we should move on. <laughs> As you would expect. But in any case, uh, I'm, I'm going to head back to Italy and visit my cousin. Oh, very and, good. Well, uh, but, good luck. You'll need, you'll need a, a medium to do it, I think. I just wanted to uh, drop in by phone 
and uh, tell you my misadventure. Well, very good. I'm very, very uh, glad that you did. Indeed. And uh, call again sometime. Indeed. Oh, but not, not too soon. Yes, indeed. I, I will spare you that. Okay. <laughs> Have a pleasant evening, and we're listening. Very good. Indeed. Very good. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I, I suspect that was our old friend Steve Bianchi. He used to be our producer. It took me a second. Yes. It took me a second, yes. and then, then is, it all came back. Uh, while, while doing our show on very, very strange chances and coincidences in history, I found a photograph of, of King Umberto I of Italy, who was the image, the twin of our dear friend Steve Bianchi, who um, what was a, is always a good friend and wonderful, uh, witty fellow who used to host the afternoon Who indeed show goes to Neptune. Indeed. So, okay, so uh, th- that's the story on the black mailbox there at Area 51, and uh, or near Area 51, and uh, that's uh, all I know about it. So why don't you continue with Allison? All right, so. more questions from Allison. So she goes on to ask the, well, not really, well, it's sort of a statement, then a question. So the London Underground System is reputed to be haunted by half-human creatures. Does this alleged phenomena occur in the U.S.? Well, I don't know about half-human creatures, but the well, London I mean, Underground... Well, half what? Well, that, that's it. Yeah, you know, half squirrels, or I mean, I don't know. But the London Underground, for those who don't know, is the London subway system. It's one of the oldest in the world. Actually, the oldest one in the world, I believe, is in Boston. Oh, really? Well, actually, yeah, that, that, that would You ought to know sense. better than anyone. Well, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. There have been all sorts of rumors about haunted subway systems around the world, especially in, from Paris, as I understand it. Uh, we have never investigated that, except in your daily travels through the uh, hub uh, up there, as we call Boston. It was uh, referred to by some uh, august author as the hub of the universe. And, I wouldn't uh, really call it that. No, no perhaps not. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. No, but in any case, uh, yes, we, we do hear these things. And, of course, there are always rumors. Uh, we have never done a show on this, but we, always, we have a lot of contacts who have told us about this. And I just I just have a little bit of trouble with it, which just seems strange coming from me, because I always say, don't be too sure what not to believe in. I found that out as a reporter. But that there are caves, particularly in this country, in the West and Midwest, where there are um, underground bases of supposedly extraterrestrials or something else, and also a lot of strange creatures coming that, that, that live in the Earth. There is a theory, uh, which no one takes very seriously, about the Earth being entirely hollow, uh, certainly, there are obviously cave systems, things of this kind. But there, there uh, were, was a pretty well-attested case that we, when we spoke in Rendlesham in Suffolk, England, a couple of years ago, Ben, that we brought up. Uh, we one of our one of our points was that the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980, which are very famous, subject of a new book. We're going to have uh, Nick Pope on in a few weeks with Jim Pennison and John Burroughs to talk be, about the new gonna book. It's going to be a, a wild time. Yes. Uh, that that is just the tip of an iceberg when it comes to paranormal phenomena in that area. There are certain areas that seem to be extremely susceptible for a number of different reasons to various kinds of paranormal phenomena, all well, of which again, are connected. And again, you can also bring the idea of context into it, too. That's very true. Because, I mean... One man's ghost is another man's UFO is another man's Sasquatch. That yeah, a very that's very true. But in reference to underground creatures, they had the two the, the two green children that supposedly came out of a cave in that area. I believe it was in the 1600s. I have naturally it's it's, it's going to be in our our new book Cosmic Journey, which should be out by the end of the year. We'll let you know. And uh, so, but so strange creatures living under the ground or strange people are, are very common. I'm not too aware of any subway systems that 
while being constructed have encountered anything of that kind, but I know that the Paris subway system supposedly has ghosts. I had heard the London subway system did too, although I maybe you know more about it than we do, Allison. I mean, what do you expect if you have like all this electrical current going through there at all times? You have That's all right. sorts of infrasonics because of all those low That's frequencies right. that are produced by trains and as mm-hmm. well as high frequencies. And, Not I mean, to mention water tables. Yeah. Uh, very often subway tunnels uh, have leaks uh, because of high water tables. And these are all factors in paranormal phenomena to some degree. And we've often, when Ben mentions infrasonics, we're talking about a phenomenon whereby apparently, and this was discovered in England about 1998, that certain uh, sounds can be trapped in a certain area. And Ben can speak about this more learnedly than I can, but can either create the illusion of paranormal phenomena, basic paranormal phenomena, such as uh, basic apparitions, things moving in a limited way, of course. Uh, or they might uh, presumably open uh, doors between parallel worlds where those things are actually going on, and uh, this apparently is uh, possible in quantum mechanics and quantum physics. So we really don't know, after that long answer, Allison, too much about it. Um, I, at least, will be in London in October, God willing, and uh, we'll maybe make some inquiries about that, and we'll see what uh, what we can come up with. But, um, yes, I have heard of it. Although not, uh, there isn't too much about strange kind of creatures uh, coming through there. There is an H.P. Lovecraft story centered in Boston. Pickman's model talks about that sort of thing, but uh, nothing about subways. So no. uh, can we uh, proceed? There? That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> well, thank you, Allison, for writing. Glad you're listening. And uh, a word about the podcast. We are, again, receiving... Constant reports of people having trouble accessing the podcast. It's a good thing they're free or we'd be in real trouble. Someone wrote in last week and said that CBS podcast, the old CBS podcasts are very accessible, but the podcasts from here on WON are not. Someone else wrote last week saying they can, they can get the podcast from ON, but not from CBS. So I, I, I just don't know what to tell you. It often depends on the device you're using. We find that if you're using an ordinary computer and just access the website, it's fine. I think people have, I'm told at least by some web gurus who, uh, one of our hosts, that if you use a computer, you're not necessarily, if you download it, you might have some problems on certain devices, whereas if you just listen to it over the website, which of course chews up your data, uh, then unless you have Wi-Fi, then that might be easier. So, But again, you know, don't hesitate to report problems to us on that score. Okay. This is a very long one. Do you want me to read this? Okay. Uh, Yes. Okay. This is from Teresa, and it's quite interesting. A possible spirit attachment, Teresa writes. Uh, Teresa writes, I'm a sane, normal lady with a Baptist background. That being said, all my life in every home I have lived in, some small ghost-like experiences have occurred. The first I can remember, I was three or four and waking up, Uh, seeing a being glowing down at me. My grandma was asleep next to me, so I ducked under the covers in fear, and the next I knew it was morning. In each home after small things happened uh, that were weird and scary, but not out of the normal. Uh, At 19, my mother passed away, and I moved from Ohio back to Indiana to live with my mother's mom, who, like my mother, had cancer. She was a devout Baptist who didn't believe in ghosts or the paranormal at all. I guess she would say it was Satan or demonic stuff. I got married and moved into a newly built home about six months before she passed away. It was a very stressful time for all of us. She went to a nursing home about a week 
before she passed and was not happy about it. I got a call on Halloween that the end was near. She was in a comatose state that day. I stayed the night and went home at about 5 a.m. to shower and come back. This is where I think my current issues, which lead me back uh, to ask uh, your advice, began. I was showering and suddenly everything went black. I thought I was passing out. I'm unsure how long this actually lasted, but it seemed only a moment. When we got back to the nursing home, my grandmother's brother stated she took a turn for the worse and he thought she was gone about the time my spell occurred. Uh, of course, I told no one at the time, assuming it to be stress or just being tired. Now, this is very interesting to me. This has kind of happened to me, too, in a way, and I've, we've had many, many people report to us that this blacking out occurs at what we would call the nexus of parallel worlds. You know, and perhaps on one side something is happening, the other side it is not. So, or uh, you've got some kind of transition going on. And you have to remember, and this gets back again, Ben, to what we've been calling the island theory. Yeah. If you have the island theory of what people are, that we're all self-contained little units separated from one another, all our imagination, all our memories, all our powers are contained within our brains or in our bodies. Well, I mean, it, it goes back to, like I, I was saying to somebody at the... Um the uh, paraconference we were at a few weeks back, I was like, if you're really going to like delve into this stuff, you have to really start at the basis of uh, how we think. And if you think in a, in a fashion that's um, like, like an island theory, and that's your base for going off of stuff, from what I've learned, in not, not only just different areas of just basic common thought but in like areas of science and stuff you have to have a base with which you can make your first steps in thinking so if you think that it's an if you're an island like everybody everybody's their own self-contained thing no one has any connection to anything else around them but they have some sort of weird shallow idea that oh well we're all good friends and but we have nothing to do with each other it's it's very materialism yeah, exactly. When you get into materialism, and then that's that, and that g colors your thinking in a way that um, what's the word? Well, it colors your thinking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, materialism being the idea that everything is matter. There really isn't anything outside of matter except energy, which is just the relations between matter and other matter. You know, and that's not only outdated; it's pretty much been blown out of the water by quantum physics. And mainstream science is really struggling with this because they don't know how else to think. Yeah. One of the problems with our educational system, as I'm always griping, is that it, it, we are way over, we are terribly over specialized. Mm. We learn yeah. about one thing. You know, I, I've lectured at journalism schools, and I'm thinking of one in particular, not far from here, where. You know, I, I would ask the students when I was finished, actually the professor asked me, what, what is the one thing you would suggest that our students do? I say one word, read. Read anything, read the classics. You'd be surprised the, the reporters that don't read their own newspapers or magazines. It's frightening. Mm. And these yeah. people are supposed to be informing us. They don't know about anything except journalism and the, the theory. They're astounded when they get to a newspaper or a magazine and they have to go cover the police lot. Well, not in the magazine, but... The, Go go cover the police log at six o'clock in the morning. You know, crawl into the police station and look and see what's happened that night. Uh, and, and it's they're amazing. They're amazed at the drudgery. They think they're all going to be Lois Lane or maybe even Clark Kent. <laughs> so I mean, this is the problem. And again, it, it's all just it comes down to the island theory. 
you cannot believe in ghosts as spirits of the dead in the clo- in, in the, the the closest and, and most uh, common definition uh, without believing in the island theory. You can't have that kind of thing unless we are totally isolated from one another. That's why there's even debate about whether there's such a thing as uh, ESP, extrasensory perception, or, or, or psychic uh, energy or power, as it's, as it's commonly called. You wouldn't even have that argument if you realized, and you liberated your thinking from Western thought, that we are really all part of one being, really. So in any case, I think what's happening here after that long uh, background, uh, Teresa, is that when you were perhaps, it's a possibility that when you were in the shower, you had that, it's almost like, if you ever remember an old slide projector changing slides, it'd be a, there's a slight darkness and the next slide appears. I think that's happening to us millions or billions of times every second. We're constantly, it, it's not... It, infinite amounts of times. Infinite amounts of times. We're not just in, in one, uh, even when we talk about parallel worlds, which we consider progressive thinking in the best sense of the term. Bubbles. They're not, they're, they're not, we're not living in one and somebody else is living in another and maybe your grandmother died but she's still alive in another bubble. These are always contacting, passing through, becoming one another. That's how we progress and our consciousness sees it as past to future. Whereas in uh, reality, with a capital R, as, as the physicists have essentially seen, there is no past and no future. That's why you can't have spirits of the dead because there can't be any dead and you're alive in a million other worlds or, or more uh, and that's why uh, reincarnation uh, one of the, one of the most precious doctrines of old-time spiritualism mm. is not really possible in the classic sense you have parallel lives not past ones that may be in a time which to us is past so it's all relative to ourselves so I think that may have been what happened your connection with your grandmother who is you and you are her as we all are, really, is um, you, the, you picked up on the switch. You picked up on, on the translation, perhaps, as it was going. There may be some other, there could be a, neuro, a perfectly logical neural explanation, too. That doesn't make it any less real. No, it doesn't. And that, uh, but that struck, stuck uh, sort of out at me when, I, when we read this, because uh, that's happened to me, too. And I've, many, many people have told us about that. So let's go on to the next part. Uh, we had had uh, door slam and noises, and of course Teresa's talking about her experiences with uh, uh, paranormal happenings here. Uh, door slam, noises in our home during the six months prior to her passing, being, her being her grandmother. Please note this was a home we had constructed in a new housing addition on land that had, had been a field for as long as anyone can remember. Now I'm going to pause there. We often hear this that there are signs before someone dies. My mother used to say, oh, my goodness, there's an owl. That means somebody's going to die. Well, what happens if you live in the woods or in the country? You're owls <laughs> all the time because nobody's left alive. And, yeah, I mean, what, what, what does you know, that mean? So this kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, little, little folk traditions and things. But Or when a bird hits the window, you know, at night, and uh, they shouldn't be awake in the first place, but they hit the window. This is probably because they see the light. Or, there are all sorts of explanations of why birds. It could be sick. I mean, yeah, there are all sorts of things. But, but there are things that, that do that are hard to deny that do occur seemingly before someone translates, as we call it. All right, and uh, so so that is something that we have noticed. Uh, going back to Teresa's uh, letter here, we ch- we chose it as we as we oh this is the the land for the house as we assume we would not have any paranormal issues here. That's an interesting statement. 
is the whole, was the whole family experiencing paranormal issues? Is this normal in the family? It isn't some. People are just hypersensitive. Oh, you should have asked, you should have asked that. Or did you already ask that if you replied? I didn't. Oh. No, I have not had a chance to reply to this, to which I apologize. Oh. I, w- I will. I, I'll mention that it's, it's, we dealt with it on this Soon. show. So we can find out. Um, my, husband, my husband grew up in a 100-year-old farmhouse, so he is not unfamiliar to ghostly happenings. Well, this is one thing that kind of gets me. The age of the house... Maybe it's because we live in New England, and anybody in Old England will agree with this, too. The age of the house, I don't think, has an awful lot to do with ghostly phenomena. It depends on a number of factors, and that may be only one of them. Well, time isn't linear, either. No, it's not. So it's like, I mean, in in a sense that, I mean, a a few ducks would be lined up, so to speak, and by ducks, I mean worlds. I mean, that's sort of linear, sort of, but not really, like, as a function of cognitive time because that cognitive time doesn't exist well we always get the question uh, well you're from new england you know is it is that more haunted than any place else because it's older yeah. well i mean th- that's the wrong question i mean the whole planet is quote unquote haunted in that there is constant interplay between these various worlds various possibilities various things that happen here didn't happen there and all this business so uh, the age of the place i i've known people have lived in, in brand there was a brand new house in ottawa canada 1979 that i was called in on and they were uh, seeing children under the stairs, and uh, the, uh, this is there's going to be some something about this in in our next book. But it was um, brand new place, never been at, just as this house uh, had been here that, that uh, Teresa's referring to had never been anything on that land before, and they were having all sorts of interesting things going on. So it's not necessarily the age, right? You know, if you've had terribly traumatic events that echo across space time take place there, sure, like Gettysburg, yeah, you're going to have uh, you're going to pick stuff up. Um, actually, why don't we take our break? Yeah, sure, why not? I believe it is uh, that time. And uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, open line show on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Be sure to come out to McCoy Stadium this season and get your first look at the next generation of Red Sox stars. Prospects like Anthony Renato, Matt Barnes, and Christian Vasquez with their own World Series dreams. Tickets are only $5 to $12 and the fun priceless. They're going to wave around Quinton Berry. Five, safe at home! And the Paw Sox are the North Division champions! The next Paw Sox homestand runs Saturday, May 17th through Tuesday, May 20th and includes Sunday run the bases on the 18th. For schedule and tickets, visit PawSox.com. Sox Baseball, where champions rise. Okay, and we're back with Behind the Paranormal here. I wanted to tell you about, well, first of all, uh, after our show tonight, stay tuned for the uh, sixth game of the uh, Boston Bruins and Montreal Canadiens. It's an exciting, uh, exciting series there. Yeah, they, they're playing up in Montreal. Yeah, yeah playing in Montreal tonight, and I can't believe it's May and 80-something degrees here, very unusually warm, and they're still playing hockey. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, but long season. And uh, certainly some of the charities that Ben and I have adopted, a lot of veterans' charities, both American and Canadian, and check them out at BehindTheParanormal.com, and you can find out about them, and they're very well worth supporting. Oh, yeah, and also don't forget about uh, the, uh, the, it's actually this May that St. Anne's Arts and Cultural Center is celebrating their 100th anniversary, and that is a magnificent building. It is, it's it's right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, if you do look yeah, yeah, right in this area. Of, uh, yeah, it's, it's right over near, um, yeah. um, uh, I can't remember, it's near Social Street, I can't remember the exact street that it's on, I should. Well, it's on Cumberland, yeah, it's on Cumber- it's on Cumberland Hill Road, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, you'd think, it's at, you no, it's, Mend- here, it's, it's, it's Menden Road, Street. but you know, it's, it's over near the hospital, but and there's you, a Dunkin' yeah, Donuts there. You can't miss it, it's, it's one of the most beautiful 
Oh, yeah. Old Roman Catholic churches in Rhode Island, and rather than, you know, when a lot of the churches were closed because there were, there were just too many, the population wasn't what it was. They so there's all sorts of stuff. into a beautiful cultural center. Oh, yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff that's going on this month. And um, coming up on uh, uh, May 17th, so that's uh, Saturday and a Sunday, uh, that's, uh, that's May 17th and 18th, they're going to be uh, doing a uh, little uh, community chorus. It's the Cumberland Lincoln Community Chorus, and it's kicking off the 100th. They're a great group. Yes, and they're kicking off the 100th anniversary celebrations of the St. Anne's Arts and Cultural Center. And that is with a special concert entitled War and Peace, Music of Remembrance. And so that concert will be presented on Saturday, May 17th at 7, and uh, Sunday, May 18th at 3. So tickets are $15 and may be purchased at the door or by calling the Cumberland Lincoln Community Chorus at 401-378-7073. Very good. Thank you, Ben. So let's uh, begin again with our phone numbers. If anyone would like to call in, this is an open line show. It is locally 401-766-1240 or from anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, 800-449-1240. Now immediately, I'm continuing with Teresa's letter here. Oh, actually, I did. Well, well actually, we could, we could go over this afterwards. I did, I did find some st- I did dig up some stuff on the London underground creatures. Oh, you did? Okay. I well, did. we can go back to that for a second. That's oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking through it. So what's the other half? That isn't human. I don't know. There, there are odd. There are numerous reports. Um, one of them from I think it was 1954 that said uh, some woman was like waiting for a train. It was like a late night train, and um, she saw like a like a panther kind of thing run by. Hmm. But there's also this um, this uh, you know how they do like footage of um, like maintenance of tunnels and all that. Like they like they send down like little robots or whatever. And uh, they they're like monitoring everything and they record everything they see. There's some really interesting video that they have. Um, it's up on YouTube, and uh, there's most of it. I didn't really see anything. Um, there's one where a streak ran by, like something running really fast. And then this final bit, so last like 30 seconds, you can see this like figure had bright shining eyes, like leaning over, like from like a behind a wall and like this light shine like shining like around it but not like towards it and it keeps like peeking back and forth back and forth and it stands out just a little bit like staring at I don't I don't know if it was a person or if it was like one of those like robots or something that like there wasn't a rat no it was big it was like well, there's some pretty big rats in the subway well no no yeah. it wasn't like peeking out from behind like a little oh you're bit pretty of discriminating when it comes no. to that so yeah, yeah I mean that's why I was just like whoa that is not an animal because it was like human stature it was like like, if you're looking at a doorway, yeah. and say you're shining a light or something, and there's somebody looking around that doorway, like, like around your height, like, standing, like, upright, looking over a doorway, like, behind a doorway, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was just coming in and out, in and out, in and out, and I was just, I was just like, ah, oh, that's, that's probably something shining off of it. But then you could see, like, the light reflecting off the eyes, just, like, everywhere. I was like, well, that's pretty freaky stuff. But I don't know what it's half of anything. Apparently there was some horror movie made... Um, about this in 2004, but that just sounds stupid and looks stupid, so I'm not sure if this is from that movie or if it's actual, like, footage. So I'll do a little, I'll do a little more research. You have to be very careful about things on the internet, and not to interrupt our discussion of Teresa's very good questions here, but I received a call from, uh, one of our, uh, relatively frequent guests who said that, uh, they're, oh my gosh, you have to look, look at this video, it was, uh, taken in Afghanistan by a Marine column, armored column that was stationary there, and there was a a triangular-shaped UFO 
came into the uh, um, line of, of view there and started blasting a Taliban position. All right. And I said, okay, let me look at this. Now, I in the military, my field was something other than... Um, um, heavy weaponry, but uh, you, you could see there were, there were some there were flashes from beneath this craft, and the, uh, the the pattern, the timing was to me somewhat off. In other words, you know, there's a certain timing between when uh, you fire and when the impact and the explosion occur, and that didn't seem right to me. So I said, you know, before you get too excited, you, know, you really you really should think that you know, first of all, this is this is probably fate. Because uh, there, there's all sorts of stuff on the. Oh internet. yeah, well it's I mean, it's, it's and of course it was. It turned out that this was a real armored column, and th there are usually two reasons why an armored column would would be uh, stationary. Now that's they're checking for, well we used to say sweeping for mines, but today it's IEDs. Uh, they're, they're checking for those before they proceed, or they've called and called in an airstrike. Yeah, and so uh, it was probably, and it, it yeah. certainly was a real airstrike, but it was not apparently by a UFO. <laughs> so. Yeah, but the, the film had been docked. So well, I mean, you can you can do all all sorts of amazing things, but some people do it for creative reasons. Like I I have friends that um they would they would probably make like a fake like bit of footage just for the creativity of it. Yeah, yeah, but then again, you can't pass it off as real. And well, some people will take it and say that it's real. Yeah, <laughs> well, people will believe anything. Oh yeah, maybe they want to, you know. So anyway, uh, here, this is interesting now. Uh, Teresa proceeds to, after her, a lot of this sort of seems to center around her grandmother. After her grandmother passed, or translated as we say, uh, she says, quote, my issues began. First I had vivid nightmares with her in each one, nightly for about three years. Wow. Every night for three years. I was exhausted as it really was nightly. My goodness. We did not bring any items out of her home for about six months. Once we brought some items home, the general paranormal bangs, etc., increased. So we got rid of some things, and it lessened. I then again, uh, nightly, began seeing a shadow walk from my bedroom door across the opening in, my, in the hall. My husband and I were still newly married, and we would go to bed before... He would go to bed before me, so he never saw it, and as scared as I was, I never told him. After years of seeing this, years of seeing this, it finally got less frequent until one time my younger sister came for her first visit. Here we were sitting on the couch and I saw it. At the same time, she jumped a foot off the couch. She saw it too and I knew it wasn't just me. Isn't that interesting? Spooky. You know what, the, well, yeah, I guess that's the idea. You know what this uh, kind of reminds me of when we spoke at the Parafest uh, it's hard to believe it was two weeks ago already. We were talking about the various species of parasites, mm. and there are what I call the farmers. Uh, they they're sort of they can be passive. They just sort of hang around. They very often will tie into the, the uh, translation of a loved one and pretend to be that loved one, and will uh, do strange things. So you think it's the person doing it. And I'm, you know, I mean, maybe it is, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. There are other circumstances here I don't know about. Yeah, but, I mean, well, um, we're not there for one. So. No, we're not. We're not. But I mean, just, we're always saying we can't really sit on, sit in our um, uh, the swivelly chairs and and throw down judgments of whether this is real or not. Well, at the same time, we ask people to write, tell Long us about their experience. Specific. Yes. Yes. Well, no. I mean, it, it's having been through this for so many years, uh, so often it. 
it does strike me there are certain things one recognizes. Now, again, people don't tell you everything, but th- this sounds to me like there might have been uh, farming parasites following this family. Yeah. And I've seen that for generations. Not, not to alarm Teresa. I mean, it seems like maybe things hopefully are better today. We haven't gotten to the end of the letter yet. That's true. Um, anyway, 14 years have gone by, and we have had bad luck after bad luck with this home and health and finances. See, the, if, if we're right about this, this is what happens. These things push your buttons will feed, that's, that's where, the, where the farming thing comes in. It's a funny term, I know, but they will farm you for your energy when you're annoyed or angry or frustrated or something like this. And this may have been uh, circumstances whereby this was occurring. And sometimes these things are attached to the land. That case in Burlville, Rhode Island, right in our listening area, we've been follow- I've been following this since 1998. And uh, right now the situation seems to be pretty good from what we uh, know, and, uh, but it, was, it seemed to be something similar. Uh, health-wise, I per- back to the letter. Health-wise, I personally have fibromyalgia and am so tired I have to pinch myself while driving to keep from falling asleep. Good lord, that doesn't sound safe. My husband, who uh, was healthy as a horse, found out he had diabetes at 45. By 47, he could no longer work due to uh, neuropathy. He found out he is bipolar and has panic attacks. Okay, now, now so, one of the dangers I think is attributing all one's bad luck to well, luck if it even exists, to the parasite or to some paranormal cause. And while there may be something to that, you have to realize that as you get older, things do happen. Take it from one who knows. Yeah, well, I mean, transpersonal psychology, I think, is really good at this, like Carl Rogers and all that, who is really, really big into self-talk. And you you ultimately can control how you feel by thinking a certain way. So if you think, oh, well, today is going to suck, I'm going to have a bad day, you will. But if you think happy thoughts and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm confident, I'm going to do all this stuff, you'll do it. Yeah. I mean, so you, you ultimately can control the situation. Well, uh, let me continue. Uh, it sounds like uh, we're getting into biblical I- issues here in the sense of, of plagues. And uh, this poor woman and her husband went through... Uh, the husband lost his job, there was financial trouble, the house was falling apart, slab leaks, cracked bathtubs, sink leaks, dishwasher leaks and floods, this kind of thing, Uh, hailstorms and new roof installs, so now roof roof leaks, Uh, also both furnace and air, it sounds like our house. Yeah, it does sound like, I was just just thinking. But but this is a new house. Yeah, it's it's new. Yeah, ours is 100 years old. Literally, something goes wrong daily here. That is is a little too much to to think is is a coincidence. We repaired an initial slab leak and uh, the unnatural, quote, bad luck she's had. Um, I'll try to speed this up a little bit here. But uh, the backstory uh, leads me to our current situation and the advice I seek on how best to handle it. I think I'm going to find out more about this before we continue. We're yeah. only about halfway through here, and uh, I will write to Teresa and find out what else and, and give her some advice. I don't know whether she's listening now, but uh, people, if we're reading your letters, you're always welcome to call in, too. Uh, but in any case, unless they listen via podcast, that's true. But uh, it'd be we'll, kind we'll, of hard. We'll, we'll check up on how things are going with Teresa, and we'll get back on the next open line show, which won't be for a while. But well, at least we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah, I know it's difficult. Uh, we have so many guests. Okay, here's um, one from uh, Facebook, and it's a very simple one. From is it Mike or Mark and Rentham? Mike. Mike and so Rentham. Mike writes to us. What do you think about the satanic mass planned at Harvard today? Uh, well, I don't think it's today. 
I think was, it is today. Is it today? I think so. Yeah, because this only just came in, and it was so simple that I said I'll include it in the show tonight. Usually these these go back a ways. These open line communications. However, okay, uh, I had heard of this, and this is supposed to be well. According to the news that I had about it, uh, it's Harvard University for Pete's sake, right? It's supposed to have a black mass, as it's called. Uh, despite widespread condemnation from religious and educational leaders, even some of the people at Harvard. The event is organized, as I'm told, by the Harvard Extension Cultural Studies Club and the New York-based Satanic Temple. It's to take place at the, the Cambridge Queenshead Pub and Memorial Hall uh, an on-campus bar. and is being billed as part of a, quote, larger effort to explore the religious facets, unquote, that influence contemporary culture. I... <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, this, I don't think, uh, personally, I've never, well, first of all, people tend to think that satanic worship and Wicca or witchcraft are the same thing. They are very much not. Yeah. They say, well, we use the same symbol. Well, if you notice, the um, Wiccans use the Pythagorean pentagram or star uh, yeah, say, right say, side yeah. up. The, the, sa- the satanic one is the... the they the, have uh, it upside down, much yeah. like they use the cross upside down. Sometimes. Yeah, the cross yeah. of St. Peter. <laughs> yeah, well. But, I mean, I just... I have never... You know, I don't wish to dis- disrespect any religion, but, I mean, it, it, they're talking about... They, they want to find out the history of... Well, it really doesn't have a history. No. I mean, it does. Most of the contemporary ones stem uh, in, with some exceptions, from a fellow named Anton LaVey in the 1960s, who was the original skinhead, I guess. He shaved his head and he had this beard, and it was it was a money-making scheme. You know? Well, I mean, he also... There was another group that split off from that who were the yeah, non... always split off. The, the non-theistic Satanists who believed in Satan as a... Uh, or Lucifer or whoever as a... Um, what's the word? Uh, what, uh, I can't remember. As an uh, analogy for humankind, and they're really big into Nietzsche. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I can understand there are certain they, they reach into the depths of philosophy and stuff, but sometimes, but I just, I just well, can't take it seriously. Because you know why? I've known quite a few Satanists, and again, not to disrespect anybody, but they have axes to grind, usually with the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. I don't think it's. It, I, I just, I always have questions in my mind when someone changes their religion or anything because they don't like something else as opposed to changing your point of view or changing your affiliation or whatever uh, for positive reasons. I think when you do that, it's a big step, whether, whether it be spirituality or politically. or I mean, Whatever you're converting to should be because of what you're converting to, not because you don't like something else. Right. Now, again, I don't know a lot of it in the context with them lately, but I mean, it, just, it just sounds very negative. They, uh, in some of the worst of the stuff, that they, they will steal... Uh, the host or the Eucharistic bread uh, that's consecrated from a, a Roman Catholic church and then desecrate. I mean, what, what's, what is that? It's I mean, childish. It's, it's, it's extremely childish. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just I really just, childish. And I've really I studied this a lot in the 1970s. Maybe it's changed, but I don't think so. So to answer yeah. your question, Mike, I think it's dumb. Done. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. All right. Here's one from Tina from Cumberland. Alrighty, so Tina writes to us. Uh, can UFOs be seen just by uh, one person and not by, not a group of people? This is happening to my friend, and she's scared. And uh, she's scared that she might be crazy. 
Uh, does it mean she is just imagining it, or could it be parasites? Uh, what should she do? She has not been abducted or hurt. She just sees UFOs over her house and sometimes has nightmares about aliens. Well, that's a good question. Very practical. Uh, thank you, Tina. Uh, th this gets into many instances in which we've discussed sort of the, um, the, the, the personal nature of many of these paranormal phenomena. The, sometimes you have, what, we're talking just about UFOs, sometimes you have um, areas such as uh, Central Connecticut where we're doing that long-running case that now involves UFOs, started with ghosts, and uh, people getting out of their cars and looking up in the sky and seeing the strange lights, things of this kind. Uh, then there are other instances, I remember the same thing as the Hudson Valley UFO uh, sightings in the 80s and, and others, uh, different parts of the world, where you'll be standing in a group and only one or two people will see the UFO or so-called UFO. So there does seem, and I, I keep going back to that one person who said that he felt as though he were being tested when he saw this. It was over a neighborhood, nobody else reported anything. And uh, I, just, I thought that was a very interesting way to How put it. How does one feel tested? I never asked that. It just occurred to me now. Well, th th I suppose that yeah, that's a very good question. Let's look behind the thing. You, I suppose uh, the, the way I took that, you have a craft, possibly with intelligent control, or a craft that is itself intelligent, because there's some speculation these are living things, or, or maybe there's a crew in a more earthly sense, and they are. You, you have a mental connection with what you're, you're seeing. You, you're part of the phenomenon because you, you're you're the experiencer. Anybody who knows about the Heisenberg uncertainty principle will tell you about that. Right. The observer, the power of the observer in any experience. Oh, and Heisenberg. I think that perhaps uh, there's a connection there, and you get a feeling that you're in danger. Or that you're be just that you're being watched, or that something is curious about you, or that you're being tested. And he wasn't specific about what he was being tested for because he didn't know. That's a good answer. Yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, that that's how I would interpret. Well, that's it. just working under a system of assumptions. Yeah, that's assuming that this is a nuts and bolts craft. Exactly. Exactly. We've been through that with Stan Friedman. Yeah, a I mean, of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our dear friend. He's he's in fact, he's writing the preface for our new book. But in any case, uh, this is a good question, Tina. Uh, the obvious issue that arises is if one person is seeing something uh, that w calls into question its validity. And there's a certain amount of skepticism that would arise from that. I would be curious about the person's medical history. Uh, are these these issues um, ongoing? Do other people in the family see well, I mean, it? Well, I mean, that's assuming that no one else has seen it. I mean, this that's is, we, what this we is don't still know. New England, after all, and, you know... Yeah, we, yeah, we don't believe what we see. Right, and yeah. even if we do, we just sort of, just are like, oh, well, whatever. And yeah. then, then don't one talk about things. it. Yeah, mm. it's just like, ah, oh, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Well... So, I mean, I, I'm going to ask some more questions and see if I can find out some more about this. But Indeed. I would say uh, provide support for your friend. Um, I would like to know if she's taking any grief about this or if she's told her family about it. Uh, sometimes if you don't share these things with your family, you don't know if they've had the experience or not. So that might be something to consider. Uh, but we'll be in touch on this as well. Alrighty, so moving on. Bill from Arizona has a question uh, sent to us via Facebook. And uh, the question is, I just found your podcasts, and I really enjoy them. Your ideas about the multiverse make sense, but can be hard to understand. I have a brother that is diagnosed schizophrenic, 
and I get the same impressions that you do, that he is uh, conscious of several worlds where he is living at the same time. Maybe he is not really crazy. Maybe the rest of us are just narrow-minded. Do you have any advice? That's the first question. Okay, advice. Well, just from my own experience uh, back in the 70s when I first encountered schizophrenics in the context of working, doing pastoral work and academic work at psychiatric hospitals at the time, uh, I just got this impression that there's more going on here than you might seem. Some of these people seem to be living in horrible worlds, others in beautiful worlds. Very few of them were disheveled, as you might say. I thought very few of them were... Um, not at peace with what they they were... I shouldn't say at peace. That's not a good word. Very few of them were sort of not able to handle what they were doing in the sense... Now, now, now they couldn't really live peacefully in our world, which I think is uh, rather narrow, but they seemed to be at home almost in other worlds, whether the worlds were good or not. And the impression... That, that, that this is one of the origins of my ideas or... or the ideas about the multiversal uh, nature of reality that some people are just more sensitive to worlds that they're already living in um, in their subconscious minds I think that and we've also had questions about this that you've got all sorts of uh, infinite numbers of worlds in which we there are versions of ourselves living according to some interpretations of quantum mechanics and according to our experience of the paranormal and uh, what does that mean? I mean, are, is, is, it's all you. How come you don't aren't aware of these worlds? Well, when, well I think that they, in our subconscious, which is a lot bigger than our conscious minds, this is where we're living these lives. And in a life where it's 32,000 years ago and you're a hunter-gatherer in the plains of Central Europe, mm. uh, you um, the life you're living here in 2014 in uh, Rhode Island or the U.K. or wherever, is part of your subconscious in that world. I think that that's as real as it gets. That's really how it works. You can, if you are at peace and develop your spirituality and uh, make the right kind of uh, unity within yourself, you can take the benefits of the wisdom, of the knowledge, and of the good things that have that, that you're living in parallel lives. At the same time, you could be tied into terrible lives and I think th this is the essence of what or at least the basis of what's happening in these people who have uh, schizophrenia at least in some cases I'm not going to say all of them I'm, I'm no I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist I know that half the ones I worked with in those hospitals were fruitcakes themselves right well I mean uh, Bill goes on to say from what you say some doctors are open-minded about this yes but uh, he goes on to another question which is um, and how does all this work with the multiverse is it that uh, we are all different people? And do you think the government knows about this? <laughs> Interesting series of questions. Yeah. Well, as I just explained, I, th I think that that's how it works. Our subconscious is, contains these, these lives, and they're just as real as this one, sometimes maybe more so. I think that it's um, our society that is based on, as we said earlier in the show, on, on a mater scientific materialism, that everything's matter, and we don't recognize officially things like uh, psychic power, if you want to call it that, or whatever. We don't recognize the paranormal. That when someone experiences these things as real, they're considered crazy. And as we've often said, in other societies, they would, might be considered holy. In many indigenous cultures, they would be shaman or medicine men or whatever, medicine women, however you want to put it. But in our society, which is very narrow, this is a, this is a problem. Uh, what was that last question, man? 
Uh, do you think the government knows about it? Well, that's an interesting question. I think the government is very aware of the multiverse thing. I think that uh, even some of the experiences we've had, um, I think in one case in particular, uh, that indicate that there is research going on of some kind. There, there's a, a well, I mean, they are hiring a lot of physicists, quantum yeah. physicists. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of awareness of the multiverse. I think the reason one of the, the things are so secret, if indeed this is the case, uh, is that they are afraid uh, that people would not be able to handle it. it. It's one thing, you know, okay, UFO is fine. If from some other planet visiting, we, we know how to deal with that spatially and psychologically. Good, good uh, pun. We, we, we've grown up with the Klingons and the residents of the planet of the apes. So, yeah. I mean, you know, how hard is it to deal with ideas of aliens? On the other hand, if these things were right next to us all the time in parallel worlds and that they were aware of us, and we sometimes of them, I think that is a lot more scary. Spirits of the dead is a lot easier to deal with than the idea that, that your father who just passed away is still alive right next to you in some world where he never died, and so are you. Plus, our thinking is not geared towards looking at things like that. No, it's not. It's geared toward the island theory. Yeah, it's you know? geared towards this two-dimensional, there's a body, and then there's a spirit, and they're not in any way, shape, or form connected. Yeah, and this is not the island theory. The island theory is a part of our motto, everything you know is wrong. Indeed. So, all right. Okay, two minutes would be better. Well, we we about, about two and a half. Okay. So, but anyway, yeah, very good questions, and I think that uh, that's essentially it. I mean, it's, it's uh, not that difficult to understand. Very often we'll speak. Somebody came up to us at the end of the paraphrase and said, I never understood that. And you kind of explained uh, what we ran into that time, you know, and this sort of thing. Well, it, it, like, it, like I said, it all depends on context and how you it look does. at things. It does, yeah. So we you could know, be wrong, but single-handedly changing the way you look at things. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, we could be entirely wrong too. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know, you have to examine the possibilities. Indeed, it's always good to have backups. Right. Okay. So uh, I guess that's uh, that's about it. We will not have uh, an open line show for a while, but we will try to get some more information. But we were what we've read tonight, and Teresa, we will be getting back to you. Indeed. So. Uh, certainly visit our show website, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 550 free podcasts of past shows on both oh, ON1240. That. that was your line. Sorry. And our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And check our site, NewEnglandGhost.com, where there are case studies and articles by moi and photos. Alrighty, and don't forget about my dad's books on Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader and uh, Amazon Kindle. But if you buy them directly from BehindTheParanormal.com, we will autograph them for you. By we, I mean my dad will autograph them for well, you. Well, the next one you can autograph because your name will be on it, too. Right. So if you help, uh, plus you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our site, you'll find direct links to several charities that my dad and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Also, Youth Mentoring Connections, uh, YMC, and... Uh, Los Angeles, doing amazing things for at-risk youth. And that was uh, Tony Luray that we had on Tony Luray, a couple, yeah. couple months ago. Great guy. We're going to have him on again. It is fascinating stuff. That's youthmentoring.org. And our uh, next, so next Monday, May 19th, right here on WOON 1240 and onworldwide.com, we will welcome back our friend Shane Sirwa. I haven't seen him in a couple weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the Parafest in New Hampshire. Indeed. And uh, to discuss a particularly difficult haunting in Massachusetts, which he hasn't, case. yeah, he hasn't given us, a, has he given us details? I don't think he, he has. He gave me some, but uh, it's very interesting. Not many. So get your questions and experiences to us at paulbehindtheparanormal.com, or you can call in, or you can send us a message via our Facebook page. 
We leave you this evening with one of my favorite quotes from American author Khalil Gibran. For life and death are one, even as the river and the sea are one. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.